This is CNN Breaking News. Uh, and we are just coming back, joining you with breaking news. CNN has learned that Alexei Navalny has died. That's according to the Russian prison, ser prison service. Rather, I want to go straight to Nick Payton Walsh. Nick, as we get this news, uh, there had been some movement, of course, in the last several weeks. He had been moved to this very difficult work camp uh, up by the Arctic Circle. What more are we learning this morning uh, about when this may have happened? And are there any potential details at this point? Yeah, look, I should couch this in that what we have at the moment are reports from Russian state media. But frankly, given how the information system in Russia works, it's as close to the state version of events as you might expect to see. And they essentially have and have had for uh, a while now the full custody of Alexei Navalny. Two separate state media sources saying he has, in fact, died. Now, one of those state media sources talks about how he went for a walk on the morning of February the 16th, uh, lost consciousness, and they were unable to revive him. Where is he? Well, recently he was moved to the Yamalo-Ninetsk uh, Autonomous Region. That's up near the Arctic Circle to serve out some of his term in the correctional facility number Number three, they're a very harsh regime. The temperatures, the conditions, frankly, for many inmates, uh, a threat to their health by itself. And this, of course, a, a man who survived a poisoning attempt uh, inside of Russia on internal flight, fled to Germany to convalesce, and then returned to Russia to find his immediate arrest. It, an interesting point to raise here, though, that essentially he was still part of the information system, able to communicate with the outside world through social media, but once in prison, perhaps represented less of an acute threat to the Kremlin. And the fact, indeed, that he has lost his life in prison now, fingers will point uh, towards Moscow, certainly behind all of that, if indeed there is confirmation of his death. Uh, and there appears now to be some of that from the Russian prison service itself. Uh, but a stark reminder, perhaps, of how how Vladimir Putin views threats around him. I should say there's no reason to point the finger directly at the Kremlin at this stage, although this is a key opposition figure. And as we've seen repeatedly over past years, those who oppose the Kremlin uh, meet a dark end. Most recently, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the man formerly known as Putin's chef, dying in a suspicious plane crash after leading uh, a short-lived rebellion towards the capital itself. So a key moment here, certainly inside of Russia, one I think that uh, suggests uh, if indeed it is proven in the fullness of time that his death could somehow be attributed to state action, the conditions he was serving, his time in there, exceptionally harsh. Certainly that shows uh, the fragility of being an opposition member in Russia, even indeed if you are behind bars because of that opposition. And some might potentially say the enduring nervousness uh, of the Putin regime at this time, if indeed people begin to point the fingers in that direction. But a, a seismic moment, frankly, uh, for those who've observed Navalny's presence in Russia over the past years and the opposition he persistently held to the Kremlin, a rare individual, frankly, to have that level of tenacity and courage. And I think a, a stark moment, too, as to where Russia's future may be heading. Even though he's behind bars, he appears to have lost his life there. And that, I think, shows, as this war in Ukraine heads into its third year, the vice-like grip, potentially, the Kremlin wishes to sustain uh, over any form of political discourse within its country. Uh, and also, too, uh, exactly how deadly and awful it is for those 
who choose to oppose uh, the Putin administration. Uh, Nick, stay with us. I also want to bring in CNN political and national security analyst David Sanger. David, as, as we're just hearing there from Nick, as he's reminding us, right, of the work, the life's work in many ways, of Alexei Navalny, the fact that he could still communicate uh, with the outside world and continue to influence conversations and perhaps even some politics, resistance politics, within Russia. Can you put that into context for us, what it will mean if, in fact, these reports are confirmed? Well, it seems very likely that they that it is true, and of course, it's come out as an official statement by the the Russian prison sentence. You know, Erica, there has never really been a dissident in modern times like Navalny, one who had such a charismatic uh, effect about him, such followers, and such an ability to communicate, as you suggested, even from prison. And, you know, his decision to go back to Russia from Germany, where he had been recovering from the last effort to kill him with a poisoning, um, was remarkable. It seemed suicidal to people who had known him or covered him, but it also reflected his own belief that in prison he could still lead a movement. It also tells you something about Vladimir Putin today. Um, Putin is, uh, has systematically been getting rid of those remnants of opposition to him ahead of some elections that are coming. Uh, there was Prigozhin, who, of course, uh, mounted a, uh, an attempt that looked like military overthrow, although he said he was not trying to overthrow Putin himself, but just his military commanders. Uh, he was stopped or stopped himself 150 miles from Moscow and a few months later died in a plane crash. Um, now Navalny, um, the most prominent dissident. So Putin enters these elections basically having crushed all of those who have, and they're very few in number, who have made a public case for the incompetence and uh, for the evil nature of uh, the rule that they've been under. Yeah. Uh, David Sanger, uh, don't go far. I want to bring in CNN chief international correspondent Clarissa Ward, uh, who is on the phone with us. Clarissa, I know you've spoken to Navalny several times over the past uh, few years, including right before he made the decision to come back to Russia, where he was essentially initially taken, uh, immediately taken into custody. Um, what, why did he want to come back to Russia and sort of describe what his relationship has been like or his posturing has been like as opposed to the Kremlin? Well, you know, it's so interesting because obviously once he had made this decision and I had the opportunity to talk to him while he was making this decision, I asked him, why would you go back to Russia when you know the risk, you know that you've been poisoned with Novichok, you know that it's only by the grace of God and one pilot who made a decision to land a plane early that you are still alive. Why would you still go back with all the risk that that entails? And I remember it so vividly. He said to me, I would never give Putin such a gift as to not return to my country, to not continue to serve the Russian people. Because Alexei Navalny understood implicitly that to live in exile as a dissident was to lose relevance to the very people who he wanted to serve, who he wanted to represent. 
And I do think he understood the risks that he was incurring by going back. I do think also there was an element to which he hoped that his return might precipitate some kind of an uprising or a revolution or a massive sweeping street protest movement that could potentially uh, affect Putin's cemented grip on power. Obviously, and it became clear very quickly that that wasn't going to happen. Those protests that did take place upon him being taken into custody on his return were very quickly and very brutally crushed. And yet, as uh, your other guests have been noting, he continued to be a voice, even from within the confinement of a, uh, a penitentiary, even when he was moved to a stricter uh, and more remote penal colony, even when his health was in dire, dire condition. He was talking about the fact that he was being loaded with 50 different kinds of antibiotics for a stomach ailment that was only making him much, much more sick. And so you have this extraordinary combination of idealism, pragmatism, and frankly, a stunning level of courage that I think few of us can fathom and few of us as journalists have really seen uh, playing out in such a way on the ground.